Awesome. A couple of thoughts before I get into my, my scriptures. I don't know, was it with you that we were talking, you were talking about the people in the wilderness and the, the cloud and the fire leading them for 40 years? And sometimes they would camp in one place, set up everything, and then sometimes they would stay there for a week and the cloud would get up, let's go, move on. Sometimes it could be for months or years. But they had to be led in the wilderness. And it was not necessarily Moses that was leading them. It was the, the clouds. It was God leading them. You know, and so that is just one thing to keep in mind. We are being led. And the, the cloud is moving. The pillar of fire is moving. And I don't want to enjoy my camping ground so much <laughs> that I, I, I you know, I, I got rid of my tent already. I already built a house here. <laughs> I'm not ready to take down my house because I'm so comfortable in this level. You know, and that, that's the, the one way that God leads us. A lot of times, a lot of times, it's like the, the mother eagle with the baby eagles. The nest is too comfortable. Right? Have you seen that? I, I, I've, one time I looked on YouTube and I found some videos of, you know, the, the mother eagle removing the feathers of the nest. Because under the feathers, the feathers are like really fluffy and comfortable and the bird, the chicks love it. But under the feathers, it's like thorns. And then the baby chicks, they cannot stay in the nest anymore, so they become so uncomfortable that they need to fly away. And that's how they learn how to fly. And the mother eagle is right there. If they're not flying yet, she picks them up and takes them back to the nest. Okay, let's give another day or two. <laughs> another example is Elijah. He did amazing. God moved through him. He killed 450 prophets. Fire came down from heaven. Then he heard one voice and he got afraid. So he ran. And God was merciful with him and said, okay, that's okay, I'm going to take care of you. So come, there's a, a little river. You can drink water. The birds are going to feed you. Take your time. But at one point, the river dried up, the birds stopped coming, and then God said to him, hey, go. It's time for you to move to the next mission. You know, next mission. So, I heard this podcast this last week or two, 
uh, this Jewish guy explaining what was behind the book of Jeremiah. Okay? So what he was explaining was what Jer Jeremiah's message was, God hates your religion. You turned my provision of sacrifices into a religion. Because the sacrifices were for unintentional sins. Right? So if you make a mistake, you know, and the example that he uses is like you go to a party and then somebody brings you a plate of food and you think it's chicken and it's pork, right? Then you make a mistake, then you, it was not intentional. So you go to the temple and you make a sacrifice. So what they did was they turned that, oh, cool. We, we can make sacrifices, right? So I'm going to live the way I want, do whatever I want, and then I can go to the temple and make sacrifices. And if I'm rich, I can sacrifice as much as I want, so I can intentionally sin as much as I want, because then I just do the sacrifice. Then that was the, the Jeremiah's judgment on the religion. So, God is always in the business of destroying our religion. Last Sunday we talked about that, you know, like a few weeks after they left Egypt, Moses went up to the mountain. The first thing that they did, let's make a golden calf. Let's make a God for us. Let's create our own religion. This is the God that took us out of Egypt. Religion is we are in control, not God. And he says, every time you try to do that, I'm going to get rid of it because I'm going to be in control. When Moses, when they were in the mountain, God was speaking and loud. They got afraid. They said, no, Moses, you go talk to God. In, in one way, we are always looking for a mediator. We're always looking for somebody to go talk to God for us. And then God allowed that until Christ came. And then said, it's going to be God being the mediator. Not man. And then he said, but it's better for you that I go, because then the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit, is it something new that only comes up in the New Testament in the day of Pentecost? No. No, it is not. Look at this. Genesis 1, verse 2. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God 
was moving over the surface of the waters. This is where a lot of times, you know, when God says, let us create, in the plural, it's God talking to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, let's create. So the Spirit that created, the Spirit of God was there in the creation. How did Jesus move? Look at this. Luke 4.1 Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. What I want to emphasize here is that we cannot do anything without the Holy Spirit. The problem a lot of way, in a lot of ways is that even the Holy Spirit, we can make it be a religion. <laughs> we can use it as to show off. Look how I speak in tongues. You know, I go crazy because it's the move of the Holy Spirit. And people did that and brought a reproach. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to even get close to those people because they're weird. Does it make sense? And then you, we end up, because of that, kind of forgetting about this relationship. And I am confessing here. You know, because I've seen a lot of people, oh, yeah, the, the Spirit told me to do this. But not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it was some Spirit, but not the Holy Spirit. You know? And then we almost like get like a little a straight jacket. I don't want to be weird. Does it make sense? And then we end up completely disconnecting and ignoring the Holy Spirit. I love this song, Looking for His Presence. This looking for His presence is a constant awareness of the Holy Spirit. You know, like the story, like you, you say, smiling a child. And then the Holy Spirit can use that, and it's not weird. Or you can read a sign on the road, and the Holy Spirit can use that to speak to you. Or you think about somebody, and you call that person, and it is a moving of the Holy Spirit. But it is almost like, like the example of the bird. You are always aware that there is a person there with you. There's your friend with you, and he wants to hear your thoughts, what you're going through. And then what the problem is that with what has been done with speaking tongues, with the Holy Spirit being led by the Spirit, you know, ends up being like, oh, we, you know, has been criticized because it has been abused. And I want, I want somehow us to find the, the, the balance back on this thing. Because, you know, in reality, we all have this. We all have, have had the baptism and the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
But we need to continue to work on this to be like constantly filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is not, I, 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 I don't like preaching. We don't need any more preaching. I, but I want to I wanna somehow give tools. You know, we were talking about, we, we talked about Ephesians 4, equipping of the saints. What I, I want us here is to learn about the tools that we have. And the Holy Spirit and praying in tongues, worshiping in tongues, it is a tool. You know that it, it doesn't matter if if it starts as a trickle. You know it doesn't matter if you have to work at it a little bit. Remember, I, I like the example of the old pumps, right? You had to prime the pump. You had to have a bucket of water. You know, and then you fill the pipe, and then you start pumping. You know, so I, I want to think about this as a tool to start your day. You know, leave a little bucket of water by your bed <laughs> in the spirit. You know, and, and a, a thought or a verse or uh, something that you're going to start your day and say, Holy Spirit, good morning. I want to start my day with you and I want to end my day with you. I want you to be in every thought, every conversation, every experience that I have, I want you to give me the right words. That's one of the promises. So the Holy Spirit, you don't worry about what to say. Because the, the Spirit is going to put words in your mouth. So to me, this, this is not, oh, I, I hope this is not a preaching exhortation, but it is here one tool that you have in your toolbox that you can start using more. Okay? Look at this. Isaiah 63. For he said, Surely they are my people, sons who will not deal... Wait. Surely they are my people, sons who will not deal falsely. So he became their savior. Isaiah 63, verse 8 to 13. So he became their savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his mercy, he redeemed them. And he lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. So this is talking about God taking them from Egypt, right? But they rebelled and grieved the Holy Spirit. I love this because you can see three persons here. He says, They are my people, so that he became their savior and redeemed them, but they grieved the Holy Spirit. Three persons. The Trinity, right here. Therefore, he turned himself to become their enemy. The Holy Spirit, because they were grieving the Holy Spirit, he became their enemy. And then, you know, the judgments and punishments 
came. And he continues, where is he who puts his Holy Spirit in the midst of them? The, the Father puts the Holy Spirit in the midst of them. So there is one for you to go and, and read later, Isaiah 63. Psalms 51, 11. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. I am I'm looking during this time, Lord, I, I, I want your Holy Spirit with me. I want the joy of your salvation. You know, Psalms 51, I want the, the bones put together. The bones that you had to break. Because I was not walking in the right path. But you, in your faithfulness, you broke the bones. But in your faithfulness also, you can bring the joy back. Amen? Look at this. First Corinthians 2, starting with verse 9. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So there is a, a difference here. If you look at your Bible, there is a capital S and small s. Okay? So he says, who knows this, the thoughts of God? Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the capital S, Spirit of God. Now we have received not the small s, Spirit of the world, but the Spirit, capital S, who is from God. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining the spiritual thoughts with the spiritual words. I know that we all have read these verses so many times, but to me this is it's like... It's a, for me, it's a reminding. You have this. You have this. I, I read a few weeks ago in, in, in First John, or said, no one needs to teach you. <laughs> because you have the anointing. Yes. You have the Holy Spirit. Yes. You know, we, we should not be following men. <laughs> and I don't want to start another church. I don't want to start another religion. I want to walk with God. And I want to walk with God with you. <laughs> because... That's what the scripture says. 
by that which every joint supplies. We are members of the body of Christ. But he is the head. I'm not the head. You're not the head. He is the head. And the life comes from him to every member. You know, and we grow up and we mature by that which every member shares. So I, I, I want to, I don't know, I, I, I have this faith that in the next few weeks, we can get our toolbox, shake it, get rid of all the junk, and, and polish all those tools that we have. All the muscles in the spirit that we have. And say, okay, it's time. Lord, I'm going to seek you. The promise is that if you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. And I want to find him. I want to find the Lord. Look at this. Jude, verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. A lot of times, a lot of times you, you can get sick, not because you're not eating. You're eating, but you're not eating the right stuff. And I think that the, the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit is one of the ways that we have to build ourselves up to get strong, to get refreshed, to get renewed, to know even how to navigate through these days of craziness. One more. Ephesians 6, 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit, capital S, also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself, himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And to end this up, these are the verses that a lot of people use to say that we should not be speaking in tongues. And that's not what Paul was saying. You know, Paul was saying, when we come together, we don't, we're not going to speak in tongues. Because, you know, there's no one to interpret here. But we need to come and prophesy and pray and sing and worship, you know, because then everybody understands and everybody's edified. But he says, look at this. For the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man, but to God. A lot of times it's better not to speak to men. Amen. <laughs> a lot of times it's better to speak to God. 
And especially we need those moments. But again, we do not, I don't wanna, do not want to turn my moments of silence and solitude just to be away from everybody. I want to be with him. A lot of times we want to be away from everybody just because we're tired. But that's not enough. We need to be finding this way of communicating with him and speaking to him and hearing from him. Right? So, for the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands. But in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. When you pray in the Spirit, you're speaking mysteries. Even to your own mind. You're speaking to God things that you do not even know. But your Spirit in you knows. I love this. But one who prophesies and speaks to man for edification, exhortation, and consolation. One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. But even more, that you would prophesy. The prophesy is going to come out of the overflow of our spiritual life. And I'm looking for that day, you know, that we're going we're, we're gonna to pray and we're going to worship, and we're going to lay hands on people, and we're going to see yes. things change. Yes. I believe that. And I believe that yes. it's about to happen. You know, and, but I don't want to be conditioned by what I went through before. They may be a little off course, or had some problems. I had problems. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I am correcting my, my spirit before the Lord. Because I, I, wanna, I want him, I want, I want to believe more, not less. <laughs> you know, I, I do not want my past to condition me to believe less in what God can do, in what the Holy Spirit can do through a many-membered body. Yes. One who speaks in a tongue identifies himself. But one who prophesies edifies the church. Now I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may receive edifying. So when we come together, we want to have our speaking in tongues done. <laughs> Does that make sense? You, you, you do it at home, you speak in tongues, you go crazy, nobody's listening to you, nobody's going to think you're weird. And then here we try not to be weird, please. <laughs> I know for some it's impossible. <laughs> but I, I want to bless this for us. Lord, help us. You know, there's no one, there's no need for anyone to teach us. Because you all have the same anointing. You all have the same spirit. It is better for you that I go, because then you're not going to depend on having one 
leader. But you're going to have the Holy Spirit in you. And then he says, and then my father and I will come and take our abode in you. So I, I like that picture of the, the, the Holy Spirit as the general contractor. He's working. He's getting you ready. Let him work. Let him give him all the keys to the house. Let him go through those dark rooms of your past <laughs> and get rid of stuff for you. Let him go there in those wounds and scars and be your doctor and bring the healing and bring the understanding. Amen. You know, because he, he wants to get this house ready. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, yes. right? But he, he, that's not enough. He wants to get the house ready for the Father and the Son to come also and abide in you. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this one more time. I'm blessed this next few weeks for us Amen. as we prepare for Pentecost. And we, we, we start with just like honestly being talking to the Father. Father, uh, it's really hard for me to see how it's better for you to go. Uh, it's really hard for me to understand how it was better for me to go through everything that I had to go through. But I'm going to trust in you. That you were only using all of that to prepare me to receive something better. To receive this relationship with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. See yourself in the upper room. There's no shame. There's no shame to be hurt. There's no shame to have to confess where you failed. You think you failed. But don't forget that it was also Peter who denied the Lord that was there on the day of Pentecost speaking and praying. You know, and, and the Lord moving through him. You know, his shadow was healing people on the streets. Our past does not limit us. And God can use us. And it's never too late. You know, but like we were talking about, Abraham and Sarah thought it was too late, and they produced something in the flesh. And I'm going like, Lord, I don't want to do that again. I want to learn that lesson in history. I, wanna, I want you to move, not what I can do. Amen. We bless this week. You know, don't forget you're a little bucket of water by your bed. Start your day saying, okay, Holy Spirit, I can, if Jesus said, without me you can do nothing, I'm going to trust his words and say, I'm not going to, I cannot even go through another day without you. And I take you with me. We received the word today. We receive your heart today from the Lord and from the Holy Spirit, and we take it into ourselves. Yes. And so faith comes by hearing the hearing the Word of God. And so we, we go away with a fresh outlook, a fresh focus in our heart, and a new faith.
And let's go meet the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. 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 Yeah, and, and yeah, amen. We do that. We take this. Yeah, and I wrote something when you were talking, Danny, about the birds 